Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hello, and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today, I'm sitting down with Nihad Darwish. Nihad, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing today? Oh, man, just another day in paradise. So why don't you take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do in real estate? Sure, sure. I am a realtor under the Keller Williams brokerage, and our team name is the Ace Estates Group. And I'm also a partner of the investment company, which I'm sure a lot of you know. Ace Equity Pros and Ace Home Offer with Rafael Vargas and Joe Dillon. And essentially what we do is we wholesale properties on the investment side and we list properties and help homeowners buy and sell on the retail side. Awesome. And you are based out of Tampa Bay. Is that correct? That is correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know you have an incredible story and, and how you got to where you are today. So let's start the interview there. Um, really quick i mean we were just talking before the interview and you kind of gave me a an elevator pitch of what your story is why don't you go back and tell us about your story and how you got from where you started to where you are today sure absolutely i was i was raised in california moved to dearborn michigan where there's a prominent arab family there and a lot of people there and essentially i was born a muslim and I was married at the age of 17, not by choice. And I ended up getting divorced 10 years later and I became an atheist. And from that point on, I met Raphael and Joe for business. And I ended up, they led me to Christ actually. And they were able to help me have a relationship with God. And, and that's really changed my heart. And it's really took me to a whole nother level. I mean, my numbers from when I was an atheist to becoming a Christian went from I'd say closing about 25 deals to locking up 150 this past year. So it's been phenomenal. Been able to pour into a lot of people, both personally, financially, and spiritually speaking. It's been great. So when you say you were married at 17 and it wasn't by choice, what was that like? Was that just uh, the culture in which you grew up in or was it kind of a surprise that it happened that way? I would say it's culturally speaking, it's something very common, unfortunately, in, in the Arab community. However, it was, I mean, to a great, great effect. I had two beautiful children, so I don't regret it. It's been wonderful. They're, they have a great father. He's been wonderful as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's sad, but it's true. Arranged marriages are very common in the Arab culture. Okay. And then when you say you, you met your partners now, how did that come about? Did you meet because of real estate or was it something outside that, that caused y'all to meet? Sure. Back in July of 2016, they actually held a large event. It was the hot seat event for ACE. And I flew out there with a friend of mine, Stephen, who did introduce me to Rafael Vargas. And from then on, I mean, it was such a powerful event and they're great leaders and great mentors. So they were really, um, the inspiration behind all the decisions all the decisions i ended up making both on personal and business levels so that's how we ended up meeting were you already in real estate or did that bring you to real estate 
I was actually in real estate for four years at the time that I met them. So I joined back in 2013. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I've been under the same brokerage. It's been great. And the great training on Ke Keller Williams with Chris McLaughlin. He right. is the owner of our KW office as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So once you got hooked up with Raphael and Joe, what do you think outside of the religious aspects and your relationship with Christ, what do you think really took you to the next level from, from lower volume to the type of volume that you're doing now? Honestly, it's their systems, the systems that they were able to help me with and the podio, the CRM, the scripts and training. It's been unreal. They're great leaders on all aspects. And they were really able to pour into not only me, but everyone that works with the company. We're a team. We're more like a family here. So I would say I give the credit to that. And what are you in charge of for the company now? What I do is I actually help hire agents and I train and coach them. And I also am a sales agent on the ground here. I'm a team lead in the Tampa, Florida market. We have a team out in Washington, DC, and we are now looking for agents in Baltimore, Maryland. And also a next spot is Orlando. And you're going to be Florida. in charge of all of those markets. That's correct. Mm -hmm. I'm considered the expansion director of the company. So that's what I mainly focus on expanding to different locations and helping agents with sales training and coaching. Gotcha. And would you say the vast majority of your business is on the wholesale side or retail listings? I'd say mostly retail. I'd say on the retail side, I would say it's a 60, 40 split. So 60% retail, 40% wholesale. Okay. So let's talk about the wholesale properties a little bit. The, the vast majority of our listeners are in the real estate investing realm. And, and that's probably where, you know, my background with titanium investments is mainly in wholesaling properties. Um, when, how, as you as an agent, how are you deciphering if a property is going to be a good wholesale property compared to a listing? So when we go into a property, more than likely we're trying to lock it up as a cash deal, but I'd say more often than not, they're looking for the highest best offer, correct? So right. that's really going to start there, their motivation level, the condition of the property, if it needs a new roof, is this going to have a financing contingency issue? It all depends on those types of issues. However, for the most part, we do lock them up as investments when we can, we try. Gotcha. And how many wholesale properties did y'all do this past year? Over, I'd say on the wholesale, over 80 on the wholesale side. Over 80. And how many of those, and, and you were in charge of all 80 of those, or were those divvied up between other agents? Between other agents. I'd say I was about over about 37 of them. Okay. And do y'all ever do any flips or buy and holds yourselves, or is it only wholesale and retail listings? See, we don't like to focus on too many things. It becomes an issue and it's kind of spread out. So for the most part, we focus on wholesaling. And on buy and hold, I know Raphael has a nice little portfolio, I think out in Baltimore and Tampa as well. However, that's not our main focus. We mainly focus on the wholesale side and listing properties. Okay. You're one of my first guests that I've had in the Tampa Bay market. So let's talk about the market itself a little bit. What is like an mm -hmm. average wholesale property look like in the Tampa Bay market? See, everybody is different. I know some wholesalers who are averaging five to 10 a deal, five to 10,000, but our minimum usually is around 10,000 a deal we try to make. 
Okay. Anywhere between ten to twenty-five thousand. What's like the average purchase price? Average purchase price really depends on the property size. I it is, it, is there is there a higher end market in Tampa Bay? No. No. It's okay. not like DC. DC is way higher than Tampa. Yeah. See, like here in about 100 to 150. Yeah, see, like here in in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, you can go buy a property for ten thousand dollars in a lower end market, but then we also have houses in the you know extreme multi million dollars in in the higher end parts of Dallas. So, you know, when when we talk about a, a wholesale property here in Dallas, it can be anything. You know, it could be, you know really cheap or we've wholesale properties all the way up to eight nine hundred thousand dollars uh in tampa is it more in like the 50 to one hundred twenty five thousand dollar range or are you a little bit higher yeah i'd say that's around what yeah around 50 to 150 around okay. those mm -hmm. for the most part we do have some higher end properties closer to the water but those are really hard to snag right um when you're one? when you're doing the retail listings what is a typical retail property like days on market? Is it a super hot market or is it kind of slower right now? It's slowed down quite a bit. I would say on average, it takes about 30 to 50 days to sell. But right now it's, it's starting to take a little longer and just dependent on the price point, the higher the price of the property, the longer it sits on the market. We like to sell them before 90 days, right. but realistically speaking, they're selling between 30 and 60 on average. Okay. That, that seems pretty uh, across the board. That's kind of what I'm hearing in all the different markets. Um, things are slowing down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, and that could just be, you know, due to a slight correction that might be happening across the markets. Um, things have been so hot for a while now. Um, there might be a little bit of a correction going on and, and slowing down some of the hotter markets. Um, as you've talked about your systems that you use and, and you give a lot of credit to the success that you guys have had because of those systems. Um, you talk about Podio. Um, yes. Is, do you all have a lot of automation within your Podio? We do. We have a Podio developer and he usually makes everything work flawlessly. He's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, Podio is great. And, and that Podio developer, is he a part of your team or is he outsourced? He's outsourced. Gotcha. He's outsourced. Yeah. Now, P Podio is a great tool for real estate investors, real estate agents. Um, uh, every, well, I shouldn't say every, the vast majority of the guests that are doing higher volume give a lot of credit to Podio and its customization and the ability to sit there and really build the system out to what you need it to do, right? Uh, it's not, uh, it, it doesn't have to be one way to for every company. It can be customized to your company. How often do you think you guys are making changes to your Podio to customize for your business? Oh, that's a great question. I would say, honestly, we change continuously. We're always trying to get better. So month right. for month, anything that comes up, we're like, hey, why don't we do this on the agent side? Why don't we do this on the investment side? We can integrate this system into our Podio. It's just one size doesn't fit all with Podio. You can do whatever you want with it. So it's been great. We change often, very often. Right. And as far as generating leads, um, is that something that you're in charge of or, or how are you getting these properties 
where at least it, it's you're getting in front of them where you could potentially lock down a property? I'd say for the most part, a lot of direct mail, PPC, a lot of referrals, a lot of people that we do know in Tampa, we've been blessed with a great audience, great investors here, great relationships. But for the most part, yes, it's mostly driven by our direct mail campaigns. Gotcha. As a as a realtor in the in the Tampa market, are you putting your name out there with other realtors telling them to bring you distressed properties? I'm not. I'm actually that's a great point that you bring up. I don't usually market to them in that fashion for them to bring us deals, wholesale deals. We usually just work with them on the retail side. And we do have agents that we hire onto our team, and that's a different story. They do end up working with us on a capacity of the investment side. Right. See, we, you know, my company has a similar setup to yours where we have titanium investments and then we have titanium realty, which is the real estate brokerage. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is, is the need for other realtors to bring us these deals. And, Part of that goes back to the, the fact that we found a lot of deals on the MLS that we could either wholesale, flip ourselves, buy and hold, owner finance, whatever it is, there's still good deals to be made on the MLS, but sometimes you miss out on that deal because it does go to the MLS and people are willing to overpay. And one of the things that I've tried to implement within our company is that we are reaching out to those agents that are going to be listing those properties on the MLS and saying, bring them to us. And within you know 12 to 24 hours, we'll give you a cash offer. Oh, that's before great. Before it even has to go on the market. And, and at that point in time, you have other agents working for you to bring you essentially an off-market deal because they're bringing it to you before it goes on the MLS. So That's brilliant. Yeah, and, and a lot of that goes back to the fact that as a wholesale company, we have actually wholesaled a lot of properties off the MLS, which is kind of taboo. A lot of a lot of people don't think that you can do that, but we have had success. Have y'all wholesaled any properties off the MLS? Actually, I'm not sure if the guys have or not, if Raphael and Joe have done that. We it's typically- very, It's very rare. So it would not be shocking if, if, if they haven't. Um, it, it just, well, I will say a lot of that is driven by the buyers. And, and the reason why we were able to do it is because a lot of our buyers were out of state. They didn't have MLS access and they were just looking for a good deal. They didn't necessarily care where it came from. And I've had numerous guests on here, Casey Denton, Luke Weber. Those are the two that come to mind where both have flipped a significant amount of properties. And they both have said they have no problems buying properties off the MLS. And I know for a lot of cash buyers out there, they don't feel like there's good deals to be made on the MLS, but there is. And uh, so I was just curious, um, you know, from another wholesale company, and I, I know that's kind of out of your, your realm within the company, uh, but just I was curious if, if you knew the answer to it. Um, getting back to what you do and, and training those agents, go into that a little bit about what your process is on training an agent and what your responsibilities are there. Sure. So when we typically get an agent, onboarding takes about two to three weeks, you know, get them situated, get them on the training schedule. We like to train at least five days a week. We train every morning from 830 to 9. We're script training, role playing, 
great kickoff calls. And we're typically then on the phones making cold calls from 9 to 11. And that's what we focus on. Our agents are only here from 8.30 until 11. And then the rest of the day, we're just all appointments. We're driven by our motivation to lock up the deals and help other people move on to the next place when it comes to our clients. Gotcha. And when you say script training for someone who's never been a realtor or anything like that, what do you mean by script training? So if you don't role play, it's like practice, right? If you're on a team, a football team, you're going to have to practice every day to make sure you make it big. You make it to the Super Bowl. Same thing with agents. A lot of them think that, hey, I'm going to learn this for about four months, five months, and then I'm good. That's not true. You have to train every day to make sure that any rebuttal that comes your way, you have an answer for it. And that's what we like to do with our agents. So we're script training. We use Ben Kenny scripts, Mike Ferry scripts, scripts that I've created for the agents just from experience in the past five years. And that's the kind of scripts that we're working on. Awesome. What with the kind of success that you had in 2017, what are your goals for 2018? Our goals are to hit a hundred million in sales on the agent side for sure this year. And I think how many, going into the markets that we're in now, I believe it's very possible. How many agents do you have total? Six. Six. So that's a that's a very ambitious goal. Um, <laughs> I, I, I commend you for that. Um, okay. I, what do you think that y'all are going to do this year to get you to that hundred million compared to what you did in 2017? We're going to hire on more agents. We're going to enter in at least another four markets, major markets this year. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely going to help us with the numbers. This year alone, we were able to get under contract on the listing side, 48 million. So we're not too far off. And that was only with the major markets we're in now and with the six agents. Right. And, you know, we did a lot of massive expansion in, in 2016. And, and we saw our revenue numbers go up tremendously just by opening up more opportunities within new markets. And so I, if, like you said, you're already at 48 million um, and then you're opening up several other new major markets, I, I don't think that is a, a not feasible goal. I think it's very, y'all will probably get there pretty easily just with the newer markets. Um, and then of course, adding on more agents as well. Um, that seems like a very feasible goal. I agree. So one of the things that I always like to ask my guest is what is your why? What's the driving force behind what you do? And, and considering your story, where you came from and where you are now, what is your why? My why has to be my children, first and foremost. They are the reason behind my smile. They're the reason behind my motivation. I have a special child. He has Asperger's, so high-functioning autism. His motor skills are on point. Um, he's a little delayed in regards to language. But every day that I go in, I think of how much I can give to them by being productive and helping others. And another, reason, another big why of mine are the people that work with us. Every person that's on our team gives me that motivation, that drive, that hunger to actually help them become leaders, to train them, to help other people. All of our clients are our why as well. So it, it just tears off. There's so much that I want to give back. And the only way to do that is through being able to create opportunities and build people within the company so they can grow into leaders themselves. 
where do you want to be in five years? I want to be traveling the world with my children and helping others all around, at least in 40 major markets in the next five years. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, let me know when y'all decide to come to Texas. Yeah, is, uh... we're coming. We're coming soon. Tell me about, <laughs> just a quick question since you do have that experience and it sounds like you have your own brokerage. Is that correct? Hey, my my partner Cassie does um, technically. I, I mean, we're we're essentially partners on everything, but on paper, it's just her brokerage. And it sounds like you've expanded to several different locations. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we've we've expanded um, from just DFW to all the major Texas markets, so including Austin, San Antonio, Houston, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Hawaii. Uh, we've also done some wholesale deals in Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Dayton, Ohio, oh. and Jackson, Mississippi. So, so we, we, we've, hit, we've hit a lot of the country. That's amazing. That's phenomenal. So what can yeah. you help me with when it comes to issues that you've come across that wish you wish you had known when you first started expanding? What's something that you can tell me to look out for? First and foremost, uh, understand the market before you get there. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, every market has its own personality mm -hmm. and then also make sure you have trusted boots on the ground within the market. Um, don't just, don't pick somebody that you just met a couple weeks ago or a month ago. Make sure it's someone that, uh, you understand and you speak the same business language, um, to fully understand what you're getting into as a, as a realtor and an agent, maybe it's slightly easier and i don't mean that to be disrespectful but maybe it's easier to be a realtor than it is an investor in a remote market um, just because you're not purchasing properties rehabbing them and trying to sell them right um, whereas a realtor you know you're going out and you're trying to to generate listings and and it doesn't sound like y'all do a whole lot of uh, where you're on where you're a buyer's agent it sounds like you're mainly doing listings um, which should be a little bit easier when you're going to, to newer markets. Um, but uh, as far as, you know, each market, uh, we actually looked at D.C. and Baltimore. Um, mm -hmm. We struggled mightily in Baltimore. We, we worked there for probably, I don't know, three to four months, and we were never able to acquire property. And, and I, I boiled that down to we, we didn't have the right connection within the market to, to be successful there. Uh, it had nothing to do with the market. It, it had nothing to do with our, our marketing. It just, we didn't have the right people. So um, everything that I would say about expanding to remote markets revolves around the people that are involved, which is your job, right? Your job is to go there and find the right people. So um, sounds, sounds like you have the most important job as far as expansion goes. Yes, yes, I agree. And so how do you find the right people? So you go into a market, you have no idea what the market's like. You don't have any connections. How do you go into that market then? Well, nowadays with the power of social media, and, and I talk about this almost on every episode on here, uh, Facebook, I love Facebook to death because it is such a powerful tool. And for example, in Austin, Texas, because of Facebook and because of other investors that I knew, I was able to find out that there were several solid contacts in Austin, Texas, like Casey Denton, who's been uh, a guest on here, 
Kelly Smith, and they were both hard money lenders, but they were and they they gave loans throughout the state of Texas, but they were based in Austin, Texas. So when I went and got a property under contract in Austin, I could then send it to them and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Do you think this is as good of a deal as I think it is? And they were giving me the feedback about the market. They would say, no, nah, man, you're, you're crossing over a street that you shouldn't cross over because that's where the market changes. Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, you know, we were able to establish a relationship in Phoenix, Arizona with Jeremy Dimmers and in the... The reason why it worked with Jeremy was is he was a realtor in Arizona, but before he was a realtor, he was also a licensed appraiser. And when I talk about speaking the same business language, uh, Jeremy and I immediately hit it off because we have similar personalities. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, we were able to laugh and joke and have solid conversations, but also get down to business and analyze properties the same way. We understood how we would analyze a property as far as what the ARV would be, what rehab would be, um, how to run comps, and then also how to market a property to our buyers. And so it was very symmetrical, uh, I guess is the best way to put it, and we fit together. And that took about a year for us to figure out that we were a good fit to work together outside of just the investor realtor relationship. And now we're partners within the Phoenix uh, market. Um, Hawaii was another market that I was just truly blessed. Uh, my best friend since fifth grade, Elijah De La Garza, who is a contractor, uh, lives in Hawaii. And so that just opened it up. But again, that's because I can trust him and I've known him forever. We speak the same language and he doesn't have much knowledge as far as real estate goes but he has all of the knowledge as far as construction goes. And so that allowed us to open up that market, but we still have to have support on the real estate side. So we've, we've gone through three to four agents out in Hawaii, um, just trying to find someone who can truly bring us to that next level of understanding the market. And so as, as far as for you and, and going to new markets and, and finding the right people, I think it's, Going back to that company culture, you know, before you were telling me about how on your, the entire company on your email signatures, you have a, a scripture verse and things that truly buy into what your company believes in and how you're going to do business. You just have to find someone that fits within that, that personality and, and within that culture. And, and then at that point in time, you'll see the success. It's like you said, as soon as, you know, Raphael and Joe brought you on and y'all had the you aligned visions together the the volume and your business took off that's all you have to do you have to go find another you in another market sure. that would be my best advice to you thank you thank you for all that that's very helpful and man i'm telling you relationships are key in everything and anything you do in life they really are very true. absolutely mm -hmm. and and that's part of the reason why i do this podcast um i mean uh, you and I are friends on Facebook, but outside of yeah. that, we probably would have never talked, um, unless I had a property in Tampa and I just knew that you were an agent in Tampa. Um, but because of this podcast, um, we're able to have a conversation. We're able to talk about these types of things and, and hopefully, um, you know, some of something of what I just said when I was rambling, uh, helps you. 
in, in your journey to expand your company. Um, I know you guys are, are going to do incredible that you're already doing incredible things within the Tampa market. And I, I know y'all are going to be able to do, uh, you're going to be able to achieve your goals in 2018 and, and to be able to take your company to the next level for sure. Thank you. From your lips to God's ears, that's that's our goal. We're just trying to help others in the community. We do give back quite a bit too. Last quarter, we gave over 20,000 to charities, Toys for Tots, St. Joseph's Hospital, families in need. So it's it's been a freaking amazing journey. We're so grateful for everything that we have. And I'm grateful for this podcast. I mean, I've heard the questions you've asked and the way you've helped people. I'm sure you've touched a lot of lives and you've been able to really affect them in a positive manner. So thank you for your time. Oh, absolutely. And I, I hope that I hope that happens. Um, sure. You know, sometimes it's odd when I go back and I listen to the, the podcast and I hear myself, you know, uh, you're always your your own, you know, worst critic. And so uh, there's times where uh, I, I wish I, you know, did a, a better job within the interview or, or something along those lines. But uh, it's all uh, this is not something that I ever am, am going to try to monetize or anything like that. This is purely one of my ways to to give back to the real estate investing community. Um, this is a passion of mine. Uh, I've, I've found what I want to do for the rest of my life. I never wake up in the morning and feel like I'm going to work. Um, you know, most people back in the day, you know, when I had a, a different job, when I woke up on January 2nd, it was like, oh, man, now I get the holidays are over back to the grind. Mm -hmm. This morning I woke up and I was excited to go to work. It was like, man, I've been off for too long. I'm ready to get back to it. And I was excited for this interview. And um, it, it's just uh, I love I love real estate. I love real estate investing. I love being able to connect with someone in Tampa Bay, Florida. And, and talk about real estate and, and the opportunities that we have to, like you said, better our communities and, and give back uh, to charities. Um, you know, we, we recently had a, a charity golf tournament here um, in DFW, um, which I actually haven't talked about this um, on the podcast, but uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth real estate investing community really bonded together around that event. And we were able to raise a significant amount of money um, overall before expenses, a little bit over $25,000 to be given to uh, my, my charity, uh, Beat Kids Cancer, uh, where all the proceeds were given to uh, families uh, that were currently going through treatment to help them with their bills. And then also the other 50% was given to Childhood Cancer Research. And uh, it's pretty amazing to see this community bond together to give back to those kind of causes. And so I appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Uh, like you said, with, with giving back that significant amount of money in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. And thank you for everything you've done as well. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of us, no matter what profession we're in, we lose sight of the ultimate purpose, right? So it's always like the grind, the money, the numbers hit the charts. But at the end of the day, there's no feeling in the world like when you're able to help a family, not a handout, but a hand up to really help mm -hmm. others and genuinely know that you were able to change a life versus just deposit a check because money's easy. Money comes and goes. Right. It's not a big deal. But when you really make a difference in life, when you pass, 
what have you been able to accomplish besides making $30 million? You know what I'm saying? There's a bigger right. purpose for all of us. And I think that when we all hone in on that, we're really going to change lives genuinely versus just make money. It's funny you bring that up. I had a, a gentleman um, last night on Facebook. He reached out to me and he said, hey, man, I was uh, I was looking at Titanium Investments uh, reviews on Facebook and he said, based off of those reviews, are you finding people that need to buy a house and then you're flipping the house to them? And I said, no, why Why would you ask that? And he said, because your reviews are so specific. And they're like, thank you so much for helping me out of this particular situation. And I said, man, those are all one-off scenarios where we were able to be creative and majority of the time, they were just motivated sellers that really needed out of a bad situation. And we were able to help them in that situation. And um, he was he was blown away at the fact that people would take the time to go on our Facebook and leave us a review after we bought their house. Yeah. Because I guess he thought that because our offer would be low or because they were in a bad financial spot, they wouldn't be happy that they were losing their house. But... It's all about how you handle the situation. And you're right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you made. It's more about how many people's lives did you impact and what kind of legacy did you leave behind. And uh, you're you're absolutely right. Money comes and goes. You know, I, I could go make a million dollars today, but for the rest of my life, I'm just going to be spending that million dollars. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about how I impact people. And so um, with, with that in mind, uh, I think – if, if you keep that in your forefront and, and you keep uh, God and, and your faith in, in mind as you grow your business, I think you guys are, are going to take off and do amazing things together. Absolutely. As are you. Thank you so much for everything you do. And, you know, your Facebook <laughs> reviews speak volume about who you are as well. So it's just showing your true character and how you deal with people and business in general. So thank you. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I will say this was uh, this was one of the more unique uh, unique interviews. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate that. Um, it's uh, it's good. Uh, you you got a lot out of me, so uh, maybe you should start a <laughs> podcast someday. Hey, maybe we should just joint venture on a podcast too, to help <laughs> others. And <laughs> there you great. go. So uh, if you ever decide to start a podcast, uh, you just uh, hit me up, and I'll be guest number one. Okay. Yes, sir. I'll take you. All right. Up. Hey, thank you for thank being you so on. Much. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. <laughs>